Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and today is February the 5th. We always start off the first Sunday of every month with Planet Buzz. It's been a long, wonderful panel, and today we're celebrating the arrival of our wonderful partner, Leslie Francis. She, like I, am, are experiencing major difficulties because not only is today February 5th, but it is the new, the full moon in Leo. And Uranus, which is the planet that is ruling the modern planet of Aquarius, where the sun's at, because the full moon is always where the moon is is opposite the sun. That's the dynamics of it. And it, it Uranus is really a sudden out of the box energy because looking at Uranus, it goes sideways and it rotates backwards. It's a major disruption for a good purpose, yet it can be quite difficult navigating it sometimes. Today, I had difficulty getting on because it's also electronics when it comes to Aquarius. Bottom line, our dear, wonderful friend, Leslie, a master astrologer, is, 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 is also experiencing a lot of trouble. She and I have a lot of heavy Uranus in our charts. We haven't taken a moment, but this is to really investigate, which is always after the fact is like, oh my gosh, what was happening? And what does this mean for me? For me, it means I need to upgrade some of my equipment, although I thought I did, but things change. So with this little side, today is impactful Mercury, Pluto in Capricorn. It's only a few days away. It, 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 so many of these vibrations of energies are all shifting. Often we look at the primary aspects that are familiar that we use, concrete ones, but there's many shades that if we could detect them, I'm personally studying vibrational astrology that researches on that. But to understand what we're doing, impactful Capricorn Mercury well, we will talk about it later. Right now, we're ready for Planet Buzz. Focusing on planetary ecliptic orbital cycles and planetary pairs called synodic cycles connecting the planets at the same degree that begin our relationship, these are the members of Planet Buzz. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Leslie Francis, host of my own podcast, Coloring Outside the Box, and official astrologer for Female First, an online British magazine. The author of the 2019 and 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign books, 
I am a professional astrologer, intuitive, and lecturer, both in my own country of Canada and internationally. My lifelong search to understand what it is to be human led me to develop my own approach to astrology, purpose-centered astrology. I passionately seek to support people in their greatest act of creativity, living life, through writing, consultations, and webinars. Creator of star cards, my own deck of oracle cards, I love talking and making people laugh. And I'm Dr. Laura Tutt. I work as a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer with students and clients around the world. As a counselor, writer, and educator, I love helping people recognize their inner strength, take advantage of auspicious moments, and navigate times of challenge with greater ease. On my own podcast, Mythic Sky Storytime, I discuss astrology, mythology, and actualizing our full potential. Holding a PhD in human science, my doctoral thesis, titled Guided by Celestial Light in a World of Artificial Illumination, explores the lived experience of contemporary Western astrologers. In addition to my astrological work, I have a course in personal mythology that explores the stories we carry from our ancestors and the impact those narratives have on our lives. And as the ancient hermetic code reveals, as below, so above, as above, so below. Hi. Hi. Yes. Well, we hope Leslie, I think she's in the back. She's yeah, working on the technical glitches in the background. So yeah, we can hear her, but she can't hear us. Well, today is monumental. It is the full moon. That isn't the subject of our conversation directly, but it is an effect. It is so true. Yes, it was just a few hours ago, the exact uh, full moon. Yes. And so about our subject, which was on the 10th of February, will be when Mercury, and you brought this to my attention, I'm grateful, because we're always looking for something auspicious, yes? And Mercury, which is the fastest moving planet besides the sun, well, besides, pardon me, the moon, which goes around Earth, Mercury goes three times approximately around the sun in a year, and, but This is the last conjunction it's making in Capricorn with Pluto. And because of the cycle, won't return for another 230 years. Yeah. Because Pluto only is in Capricorn every 230 years, approximately. And it's for about a 16 year. Well, it varies radically depending on sign, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, well, it can be a sign in a sign between seven to 20 years, depending on which sign it's transversing through. Yes. Um, and yes, and this, I was looking at just all of the major transits for the year when I stumbled on just sort of, it occurred to me looking at, oh, Sun-Pluto conjunction, do we get another one in Capricorn? And we do because of its retrograde cycle, we'll get one more Sun-Pluto conjunction next year, but this is the last. Oh, I was trying to check that. Mercury-Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. So we get one more, the way that it lines up Pluto's retrograde cycle, we do get one more Sun-Pluto in Capricorn, but Mercury, they will both be in Aquarius for the next conjunction. Um, And so it seemed significant because even though it's happened every year um, since Pluto got into Capricorn, 
that this is the last one anyone on the planet will ever experience, um, which feels seminal. Um, and, and looking at some of the patterns of what has happened in these last 16 years or so since Pluto got into Capricorn in and around that conjunction and seeing how the last couple, the last week is showing this pattern again around, right? Mercury being the God of communication, Pluto being transformation and Capricorn being in some respects, the old, mm-hmm. right? That conditioned, yes. conditioned the old, the former way of doing things. Traditions. Yep. Um, that even in, you know, the last week, the Democratic Party has been voting on whether or not to change which state holds the first primary elections, which is Absolutely. seismic. I mean, it's over a hundred year tradition. If it be yes, Iowa 1920, and, New Hampshire said and New Hampshire, since, right? So since 1920, they'd been it. So I'm thinking, well, we're as a nation, we're 246 years, so that doesn't really hold water, but. Well, but it's it's pretty seminal of a shift for that to oh, change. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. It is huge. Um, and that's being voted on now, right? And so thinking about yeah. in and within our own life, what have we been, you know, looking at where this falls for people individually, right? Because it's towards the end of this cycle, right? It's at 28 degrees. It's almost 29. That, almost it's 29. degrees from 29. That where that last, you know, where that falls in your own chart, what is it that you are breaking up and changing in terms of ideas? Absolutely. And that that being for individually, how is that showing up for us? Because that does appear to be a pattern in just looking at, I know you did some research historically of other centuries when this has happened. um, And I just sort of took a cursory look at the last 16 years and you know, one of the conjunctions, um, it was interesting. There was a lot of things that dealt with the military changing laws. Oh, and it would because Capricorn is government and yeah. uh, officials, authority. Yeah. And so in this yes. country, it was the overturning of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which was when Huge. gay or, you know, or banned from the military, or not banned from the military, but it was don't ask, don't tell, you couldn't come out and be an active service you could be, You could be a member, however, don't talk about it. You couldn't be out, basically, right? And um, then... That that did get changed. That was changed under this conjunction. Yeah, and I know that Justin Elsie wrote a book uh, ask, don't tell. And what book is it? I, I think that was because he went to court and won. He was the first. Yeah. So, so this conjunction that happened, this that was in, I have the date here of when it was overturned. It was put in place in the 90s. So Pluto wasn't in Capricorn yet. It was in, but so in uh, 2010, there was a, and it was interesting because that particular overturning of don't ask, don't tell, Mercury was retrograde. And so it actually hit Pluto three times in a row because of its retrograde cycle. Um, and then in 2013, 
the U.S. Army overturned its ban on women serving in active duty hmm. with this conjunction. And then in 2015, there was an overthrowing of bans of women serving in any branch of the military at any level. So it used to be certain positions women couldn't hold in the armed services in this country. And that law was overturned with this during this conjunction Amazing. as well. And I need to specify, his book was playing by the rules. That's what it was, which is really essentially what this is about because Capricorn is in many ways that structure that holds longevity past uh, through time, through the passing, through a death. Into yep. The next time, it's like a timing factor, but th that doesn't mean it's, it, it has accuracy or ethics the ethics remain true for all cultures and for the highest good of all. So yeah. it really is. And that thinking process, Mercury, and I appreciate all this, Laura. In fact, I have slides that will come up. I think it'll paraphrase this, but it Mercury is a cycle pump. So Mercury really has that ability. Here, I'm go is it okay if I show slides sure. now? Did you have some? Okay, very good. We have here panelists for those people that are and want to connect always. Leslie Francis at her and Dr. Tad's is Mythic Sky. And of course, I'm Talk Cosmos. And thank you for subscribing. So here I was bringing up a few viewpoints about these, the two planets and Capricorn because vibrational astrology calls and just to give a little background thought here is Pluto is obsessive. Mercury, as you indicated, is communication. Uh, it's a mental thinking. It, it's pretty much the same as we think of it archetypally. And Saturn is essential lasting fundamental structures. And of course, it's an earth sign, which has to do about form. That's not vibrational. It's just, it, and archetypally, this is what I was trying to drive back to is what you said about the, the thinking process picking up. It's a psychopomp. It's a Greek term, the realms between spirit and matter. And Saturn's that time master of longevity. So here, right now, as you're indicating, when it's in Capricorn, it goes from the beginning zero, somewhere around that, mm -hmm. to somewhere around 30 degrees. And the one we're talking about for folks to realize, because I'm going through this quickly to get to, is February 10th in a few days. And it will be at 28 degrees and 58 minutes, I believe. Yes. So here, cycle pump. It is a cycle pump guides souls to the place of the dead. Hermes, the Greek, Mercury, the... Roman and the underworld represents where the deceased live no longer incarnated on our earthly plane and our unconsciousness. So, but there's many cycle pumps just for people to realize. And I will not go through these, but I was astounded and I love this that this is a very universal archetype that every culture throughout the globe in time previous to to the Greeks, but we're the ones using Mercury often, unless some of these. Yeah, I, mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting about these two planets together 
right? With Mercury being the psychopomp, right? Which is the soul conductor. Mercury is because he was the guider of souls to the underworld and Pluto being the god of the underworld that of all of the primary gods in the pantheon of both Greek and Roman, so Hermes and, and Hades, they have a very unique relationship because Hermes or Mercury was the only god freely allowed to travel between Pluto's realm and the world. And so that conjunction, it's an interesting, they have a very specific relationship in that way, I think, that is different than all of the other gods in relation to Pluto, because they are sort of the two that collaborate the most in myths in a in a complementary way, as opposed to an adversarial way, um, at least in the myths. And so this idea of um, this conjunction and, and at least looking historically what's happened is like how giving voice to change, using voice, language, words, law to as part of the transformation, right? It's like almost being the voice of Pluto might be part of what the Mercury-Pluto conjunction can potentially be. Isn't that great? I love that. And I was just listening to Rick Levine on his monthly uh, event that he that he posts on YouTube. And he was talking about talk therapy. And I hadn't thought of it that way. Leslie, it's so great to see you. Nathan says you're muted. So just unmute and you'll be. That's all. This is great. You're catching up. Can you hear us? Yeah, uh, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Everything's oh, echoing at my end, so. All right. Well, thank you for being here. And we did mention I, too, was experiencing unbelievable difficulty getting on just at that moment. And I was bringing up the fact that it is a full moon today where the moon and sun are opposite. And that meaning also that we're experiencing, from what I understand, a uh, 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 struggle between tensions between Saturn, not Saturn, Uranus and the sun. So at any rate, we're here. We made it. <laughs> Less or more. I, I don't know yeah. why I'm echoing. So I don't know what it sounds like. At your you sound fine. Okay. To me, You're I sound happy. like I'm in a cavern. So, oh gosh. So well, I, it, mm -hmm. well, I always think that the full moon in Leo Aquarius is about bringing heart and mind together. So, you know, and I think it's interesting that this full moon happens before that conjunction. Sorry. Yes. Sometimes my brain doesn't work nearly as well as it, did, as it used to, and, and it's getting better. Uh, it's just I lose track of things in the middle. Um, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I did suffer a concussion a number of months ago, and I'm well on my way to recovery, but... Sometimes there are gaps. So I, I really feel that, you know, if we look at Pluto at, and its deep connection to water, and we look at Mercury and its deep connection to air, again, it reflects that whole thing of heart and mind because heart is very much as, as much as we think it's ruled by Sun and Leo, it is also very much connected to uh, the depth of water, of the feeling realm is the sun is not, I, I think it's always interesting that we've assigned love to a fire sign because that's connected to passion, but it's not necessarily connected to deeper emotion. 
So the combination of this full moon followed by that conjunction leads us down a very interesting path. That is beautiful. And I recognize too that when one's tempo at first changes, because that pause was beautiful, that gave me time to catch up with what you were saying. So it worked wonderfully. And I loved your follow through, Leslie. So please realize you are perfect. We are so grateful to have you well, connected. Could you have a conversation with my Saturn and Virgo about that? Yeah, definitely. Well, and one of the, I was just going to say, one of the things that that made me think of, Leslie, is particularly with this polarity with the full moon, is sort of Leo being agape versus Aquarian being platonic love, which is friends, which is which is the realm of Aquarius. Aquarius governs community and tribe and friendships. And maybe that's part of this relationship between that polarity with the passionate part of Leo versus the the platonic love that is more Aquarian in terms of the love of friendship and community and tribe. Um, it is not lacking, you know, like I think platonic love gets a bad rap of thinking that it's like less <laughs> devotional. Or, or less intense, or, yeah. or there's no feeling attached to it yeah. if it's only friendship. I mean, how many times in romantic relationships that come apart, oh, I just, just want to be my friend. And, <laughs> and, and we, we, we diminish that in comparison well, because, to... Right, because on the flip of that, it's like the romantic relationships that go the distance is tip I have people's it's because at the fundamental level there's a friendship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can testify to that. Without friendship, you haven't any relationship, essentially. It brings and bridges you through along with it. Here yeah. is that chart, as a matter of fact, if we want, and I'm recognizing that at 15 degrees. Uranus is making a T-square. In other words, it's in a tension zone between that sun and moon. So it's bringing some regularity to incorporating what you're saying, unifying these, this, this heart and soul. So I'm glad I did bring this up. And it was at 16 degrees, 40 minutes. Let's go back to uh, this chart, which is coming up. And I have several historically, if we go down that rabbit hole, which shouldn't be too difficult, right? But on the, I know it was like, oh, all these charts. But on the 10th, it is this last time Mercury, the, the mental quick mover with Pluto, the transformer that doesn't let go until it moves its ice um, glacier, is meeting in the sign of Capricorn. And the last time was back during the beginning of the American Revolution and prior to that, early during the, the Renaissance. So it's during monumental times, as, as we're aware, and well, that's where the other charts are. So if you want to talk a little bit about history, if you look back to the American Revolution, that required a change in thinking. In other mm -hmm. words, we are no longer beholden to some when to say fat is, I don't know whether he was fat or not, but to, to some person that we've never met. And, and, you know, I always say that most of the people who came to North America did so because they wanted to break down uh, walls and, and borders and, and they wanted to create something uh, new. So it, I guess in a sense, uh, especially in the U.S., you chose to do it in rather dramatic fashion. 
in Canada, we decided to slowly but surely and not quite finish divorcing, <laughs> right? So I think it's fascinating because for me, that Mercury-Pluto, if Mercury takes us into that deeper realm, the call, especially in late Capricorn, is really to have a look at the structure and foundations of your life. And no matter where Capricorn is in your chart, there's some sort of foundational thing that needs to shift and change. And as we head to those last degrees, we, you know, there, there comes a struggle between the Saturn and Mars energies because the Mars energy is really ready to move on to initiate something. That's why I would think those, especially the last degree is ruled, it has that Saturn-Mars energy attached to it. So, we, you know, I know that you were talking about Uranus and when I could hear and when I couldn't hear. Um, technical problems. What else are you going to have with Uranus is forming a T-square? with that full moon in my chart. So it's like technical issues I should have practiced a week ago. Anyway. So me too. I was with you. We were <laughs> so you know the fact that Mercury can take us to all the places he, he, there's a reason why he, he's neither masculine nor feminine. He's just well I suppose you'd call him binary i don't know um, or non whatever non-binary yeah. sorry i get confused easily so sometimes we don't always want to follow mercury wherever he would like to take us yeah. <laughs> well, this is yeah. true he is the trickster right so you know there's always even if it is ultimately in our best interest it can feel like it's not where we want to go. And if, you know, and Mercury can trick us in getting there or, you know, there can be a distrust that we can have with Mercury because of that trickster quality. Um, or what are like, are there underlying self-serving motivations right <laughs> behind it? Um, which is very much a part of, you know, part of Mercury's story, or he just, you know, like to mess with people for the sake of messing well, with people. I often think though, Mercury, in this case, is talking with Pluto, and Pluto doesn't let go. It's obsessive, and it is the, the change factor, as we identify in so much astrology. So just looking at this, in that case, Mercury is going to uncover every little thing. It has to. So it's going to be the deceit. It's going to be the truth. It's going to be the unconsciousness. It's going to be everything. Here, I, I want to just bring one attention to this, and then we can go to other slides, or we can, you know. I just wanted continue. to finish with one more thought. Oh, yes. And, and I, I think that um, because Mercury is a trickster, I, I mean, I had a spiritual teacher who said, your body will never lie to you. Whereas your mind can do that over and over and over again, which is the Mercury part. So Mercury really has a lot to do with perception. And if your perception as Mercury gets close to Pluto is that this is going to kill me <laughs> rather than transform me, or it's going to kill something in my, you know, it's, it's a very deep and provocative conjunction and especially since it's in late degrees of the sign. So there's a lot moving and shaking here as if we needed more. I love your ad addressing that factor that, yes, that 
fear of death of any sort of a cycle of a concept of a readjusting when it's imposed upon when there's no way out is a frightening especially with capricorn fear is part of that anxiety because can it last and if it doesn't then what happens here i have these periods that it was and then we can go leave this slide but it was impactful that is our reality that we're driving back through our conversations in social change for artistic creativity the renaissance certainly was that and cultural e e help me with that word econ um, um equalness e inequality e i have it on the screen econ up at the top cultural equanimity thank you thank you very much <laughs> english were not my first language i think so at any rate <laughs> really 2023 it will be at 12 15 eastern time pm but in pluto and capricorn in the last two cycles just to go past it was 50 this it was 1531 and 1532 it was february 22nd 1531 and january 15th 1532 and in the second cycle it was in 1777 and 1778 both in january so we're finished with that and those times for people can look into it should These we are, um, mm -hmm. take i think nathan said we're up for a break should we take a break oh, and come back to this part? yes and we can decide which ones of these if we very good thank you i'm so glad to have our master astrologer leslie francis and dr tad also grand astrologer we will see you about impactful mercury pluto with plant buzz thank you see you soon take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established patterns, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 12th, it's best neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday on Animal World. Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen join me, and together they can help you and your animal friends with behavior, emotional, and physical problems. Hope you can join us and plan to call in for Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. 
While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk AM 1150. Here we are again. Now, before we start this, I am now asking each one of you what you might have immediately in the future coming up or somewhere that you want to share in about 30 seconds if we can, but it could be longer. Laura, Dr. Tan, I'll start with you. What are you? What's your immediate? Yeah. Okay. There you the go. most immediate thing that I have coming up is this uh, goddess awakening retreat that I'm helping run in Nicaragua at the end of February into early March. So it starts the 26th of February and ends the 4th of March. It's a week um, being on the Pacific coast of Nicaragua and there'll be yoga and ecstatic dance and astrology. And I'm having, um, dreams that are telling me what workshops I'm running that keep coming to me. So um, it's ever evolving on my end because I just had a whole vision of working with tarot and imagery that came through um, the other night. So I'm going to be weaving that in too. So there's a few spots left um, and I've got a link on my website. There's, I think there's a link on Talk Cosmos as well. And um, it's right next to a turtle sanctuary. So, and it's a pretty much secluded beach. It's like, it's not technically a private beach, but um, essentially it is. So you get to spend a week on the beach in Nicaragua. Ooh, marvelous. And as far as that link goes, I know that Mythic Sky is a link with, so that people can find Laura Tad in, in the bios and all of that. But wonderful, wonderful. Leslie. I know you went to a retreat and you have things in the fire for a head. What would you, what would, what comes up? Well, I, I don't have this uh, strictly speaking all organized yet, but I will be doing a workshop um, um, in Illinois, in north of Chicago, and towards the end of June. I haven't had the dates confirmed yet. Uh, this will actually be, I might throw some astrology in, but the title of the workshop is Life is Not a Report Card. And we'll be, it's two and a half days, and we will be looking at the role that judgment plays in people's lives. Isn't that, that relates 100%. You know, astrology is archetypal, as we all relate. And so there is the mechanisms and the timing of it, but it applies to everything. It's all of life. And I'm so glad to see these retreats that are multi-connected because it opens that purposeful part that astrology plays with everybody as far as talk cosmos goes next week we will have it's the second week of the month and i'm remembering myself we have archetypal symbols and that is our about the new moon your vision quest of that storyline how does it relate through all these wonderful other factors the sabian symbols that are mystical numerology tarot the lunar Yodish mansions or Yodish lunar mansions, uh, maybe a little bit of Mayan astrology just to give a little indication because they all mirror reality in many different factors. So that's happening. Thank you. We are back again with impactful 
we are impactful. <laughs> yeah. Um, with so as far as charts, I have a vote. I made these so that we could play around with them. This happens to be back to 1531 during the Renaissance. But would we just as soon focus on a on today's chart coming up? In Let's February? do that. Okay, I agree. <laughs> All right, where is it? That's the big question. I think it's back. I should have this written down. Okay, that was 15 and 1532 for those folks. There, and we go uh, to seven. Let's comparing them. Oh, rats. No, it's back earlier. How could I have done this? I'm sorry, folks. Okay. Oh, here it is. Okay. It's number seven. I think Nathan can get Nathan, can you put seven? Thank you. Okay, there we are. So my big purple arrow is showing where it is and for the for the East Coast, whether it's Canada or whether it's the United States, both capitals are on the East Coast. So this happens to be at 1215 and 34 seconds in the afternoon on the 10th. And it has a Gemini rising at 13 degrees which I think is very close to our natal Mars, but at any rate, Mars is right there at the beginning of it. And it is in the ninth house of our philosophies, which is something that we've already been talking about, you could say. Pluto and... Should we talk? <laughs> well, I know I'm... I mean, as ahead, I was saying sorry. before, I think we're already seeing that with like the, the vote the Democratic Party's having on where to hold the first primary. That's part of this. Possibly the um, not quite sure what it was balloon that was flying over the U.S. for the last week might be part of this um, and how that is approached or unpacked and handled. Um I think that there's a variety of ways that we're seeing, you know, um, and given the, like looking at what's happened historically, that it is this sort of transformation of existing policy or law, right? Whether that was the Revolutionary War or in this last decade, um, that, okay, what's being rewritten? What laws are being rewritten? What's being explored or changed or you know, there's, I don't know if it's happening in Canada, Leslie, but there's this huge movement in the States to start banning gas stoves in homes because of the toxic fumes of natural gas and people being poisoned by, by it or not having good ventilation from it. And so like across the country, it's becoming like whole States are banning them from being put in new construction. Oh, wow. Um, well, that's unlikely to happen in Canada because especially in the province that I live in, we have a lot of natural gas and we like to sell it. And it's less expensive than electricity these days. And it's well, not here. Not oh, here. it's not. Okay. Um, I haven't heard of that, but that doesn't mean. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really interesting thing that to ban something just whole hog with without looking for solutions to the problem. So <laughs> right, you know, all, like, all the all the people who, what are all the people supposed to oh in other words just new construction going forward. I think it's it a, supposed to start being phased out. I mean I don't know what people do when they have I mean like mm -hmm. I have a gas stove that's 
really I mean, expensive to replace. Like, well, really? well, well, here's the deal. So my gut says, but it, isn't it interesting? Cause mercury is connected to air and ventilation is air. Yeah. And so, that's in, yeah. so instead yeah. of finding a solution to the problem, in other words, maybe it wouldn't be smarter to improve the ventilation than, yeah. than to cancel. Some, but it's, but it's really interesting because I wonder if this Mercury Pluto thing isn't also going to impact the whole cancel culture movement. Mm. That perhaps mm -hmm. at some point people start to realize that what comes out of your mouth actually is important, whether yes. you write it down or you say it verbally. So there's, and also for me, I think that, you know, if I'm looking at, at your country, um, I wonder if, because this is all going to culminate next year, again, as Pluto goes into Aquarius permanently, or at least permanently for its cycle in Aquarius, whether the people who are currently the old guard, who have their hat in the ring, mm -hmm. uh, will find themselves not relevant Right. There's been talk about that, that really mono leaders for one term at the top of the pyramid is going to change to the networking that Aquarius is so renowned for, the group. You know, it's a different emphasis. It's more collaboration and teamwork, ideally. Well, that is the positive side of it, but there is a shadow side to it because mm -hmm. we can't forget the no. traditional yeah. rulership of Aquarius, even though sometimes I don't like that. Saturn rules Aquarius. Um so, you know, this is where the Mercury-Pluto conjunction becomes very powerful and very important as it happens now, just before Pluto moves into Aquarius for a, for a short dance. And then it happens again next year before it go, uh, about, the, I, I'm not looking at my ephemeris, so I, my brain isn't but working really well. But I would assume that didn't you say there was another Mercury? I have, I have the dates here. No. Um, Pluto and Aquarius will be March 23rd until June 11th. Yeah. And then it goes back until January 21, 2024. So it's only for two months. And then it does retreat back to the last. But, and so there's not another Mercury Pluto conjunction? That, right. No. This is this is the last one in okay, any of our lifetimes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know where I got the idea that there was something else going on but, but there's you know. one more sun pluto conjunction in capricorn next year oh okay so so then it, this makes us even more powerful especially mm -hmm. since it happens yeah. within a stone's throw of this full moon that involves the sign of aquarius and, I, and I, just, I i my my intuition tells me that perhaps neither the current president nor the former president will be the ones running for election it could be. We'll find out. I think the old change has is a miss. It is ahead. So this is thank you for I'm looking at this chart just as an energy, looking at the energy. And I'm seeing that Edmund Jones, Edmund Mark, jo Mark Edmund Jones would call it a bucket with the moon at the handle, meaning that those emotions and they are in the fifth house for both countries, meaning it's that creative autonomy of ourself and our manifestations and it's in relationships and with all we're like the precipices preface is that the right word precipice thank you so sorry for those people on podcasts but 
it, in other words, we're at the tipping point of this past, as we've indicated, moving to the future that's been going on for years, and we're in this transitional period. But this is a major focus point, as has been brought up. We're shooting down balloons and making decisions and changing jurisdictions and whatnot for voting. So those are indications. But it will continue to be, I think, really this, like, brought up just from the full moon, this emotional moon with the past, our relationships, and then looking at the various conjunctions there that are the energetic. And, mm -hmm. and how do we move forward with Mars right there, like a horse waiting for the for the bugle to go off so it can start the race, start do something? <laughs> Well, I, you know, it's always fascinating when you look at any chart, whether it's a, an event chart or a person's chart, when you see a series, uh, the focal point becomes a series of conjunctions. And how do those conjunctions function? How do they function in reference to each other? And yeah, it's interestingly enough, both Mercury and Pluto are past that sextile to the Venus-Neptune. But that Venus Neptune is really powerful by itself simply because, you know, are, are we are we gonna try to follow our ideals or are we gonna get lost in trying to implement things that are not particularly doable? Because you know, idealism has to be married to practicality to some degree, otherwise, you know, you, you know, you're just living in this, you know, wonderful world in your head that, that doesn't isn't mirrored externally. So I think it's fascinating that Venus has come, it's, it's far away from the, the Neptune, but it's getting there. Yep, 18 to 23, plus Saturn. I think Laura has something here too, but Saturn will be, as we know, leaving Aquarius where it's been in, so it's actually been in one of its signs for five years that it rules Capricorn and Aquarius and it will be going into Pisces. So it will be joining this team, bringing some practicality, hopefully, to mysticism and spirituality. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a potential with that. Or, um, yeah, seeing how that may, I mean, I think there's a lot, that's a whole other show of how I think that is possibly <laughs> going to yeah. manifest. Um, but yeah, and looking at this Mars, I mean, I think it's particularly potent that in terms of this conjunction that it's in Gemini. It's not simply a Mars conjunct the ascendant, mm -hmm. that it's in Gemini, which is the sign associated with Mercury, right? So we get this repeated mercurial theme happening around. So, you know, so much of Mars right. in Gemini in general, right? Taking action on our ideas, on our words, and then this overlay that's happening with the Pluto Mercury conjunction. So transformative words and taking action on them. And it, I think, Leslie, I really liked your point about how this may shift cancel culture um, mm -hmm. because at least maybe potentially the rigidity around it, right? One, mm -hmm. one misstep, one misspoken term, somebody fails to use the right pronoun one time and they, you know, are ridiculed on the internet. Um, that that kind of reaction being tempered as it goes into Aquarius. Well, um, especially when we're looking at this chart and the moon is just uh, past in opposition to the Chiron, understanding that 
that you know you can damage other people just be, because you need to be right about something. And I want to say Saturn and Capricorn in particular are very much connected to judgment, mm. and and as is Virgo. And uh, for me, you know, trying to separate out the whole notion of yes, you have a right to make decisions that work for you to judge situations to discern what is valuable or worthwhile to you however you don't have a god-given right pardon me for saying it that way not sure why i apologize but hey um when it comes to other people exactly in other, other words i get to choose you know how i wish to express myself and in a strange sort of way Libra is very much connected to courtesy and good manners and really listening. Um, and so there's that dynamic right there that we haven't been really doing a very good job of listening to anybody. Which and reminds me, yeah, Venus star point is now in Libra. 29 degrees of Libra. So yeah. there is help on the way. The squads are changing guards, you could say. You know? <laughs> Wait, there's some hope. Well, really, for well, I know it's a transition. It's not immediate. But Chiron wants in 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 Aries our identity, the real self to be. So thank you for that thought. That do we want to enlist? We used to give how it related to our life, and we have about five minutes or more that we could do that. Should I put the slides away and we we should do that? Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. Are we ever ready? Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm happy to, to go first. That conjunction okay. is in my sixth house, squaring my midheaven, I see. So it's likely, and, and I've just gone through a, a major um, life-changing uh, experience at the retreat that I went to. And um, you were a facilitator for, I need to clarify yeah. that to folks. You yeah. were a facilitator. Yes, you were not just attending as a, an attendee. Yes. Well, I okay. wasn't. I, you know, I was kind of like, you know. But, but you were oh. a facilitator. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and it was a lovely retreat, and it was run by my friend Sandy Revy, who owns IntentionBeats.com, and who does retreats all over the world. I just want to throw in a pitch for her. Thanks, everybody, yes. for listening. Uh, I mean, I went there, and, and of course, we were there to focus on Mars, because Mars stationed to go direct while we were there. And for me, I... I, I I'm shifting because sixth house is also about being of service. It's about work. It's about, you know, um, mentoring, which I think I did quite a bit of at the retreat. And so, of course, Pluto is going to be playing around with my main heaven on and off for the next year. And as it moves into Aquarius, it's going to conjunct my Mercury. So I'm very much interested in what Mercury is doing. Uh, I'm not going, I, I just know I'm going to go through some major transformation in terms of um, my grounding on the planet, my reputation, those are all things you would think of. I, I'm in the midst of, I'm going on too long. Laura, you take it. Oh, no. oh thank <laughs> You're you. Fine. Actually, Leslie, thank you because you are a master astrologer and shifting how we use our, our gifts to give service 
changes. So you've you've held many, many caps, hats, caps in, in this, and now you're really going, yes, into retreats and workshops. So valuable. So thank you. It's good. Well, and thank you for phrasing it the way I was trying to phrase it. Oh, I know. That's why we're here. We're friends. <laughs> it's good. Okay. Dr. Tad, Laura? Um, may I think a couple of ways. I mean, Pluto's been in my second house, which is where this conjunction's occurring for quite some time. Um, but this one and I guess last year too, though that might have been applying. I have to double check. Um, trining my midheaven pretty exactly. Um, I've got a 27 degree Virgo midheaven. Um, and so I think that does have a lot to do with my shift with work too in this way of like, so being part of this goddess retreat that my friend Michelle is running. Um, and I've known Michelle since I was 19. And we recently really reconnected in this post to sort of just a little bit on social media. <laughs> and, um, you know, then she's been running these retreats for 10 years down in Nicaragua and brought is bringing me along. Um, and so I think that's part of this. And even thinking about rebranding myself as not, not saying I'm not an astrologer, but a broader term because yep. I do more than astrology. And that is that limiting who I'm helping because of people's initial reaction to astrology or assumption about it. And so like finding, it's not the only thing I do. And so yep. trying to find a different term that isn't coach, because I don't really like that word. Um, yeah, so. we can work on that together. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I thank you because this is very relevant. It happens, are, am I jumping in? Is it okay? Go ahead. Yeah. It happens to be right in my fourth house. I uh, his entire transit of Capricorn is in my fourth house, so it's just about to leave. But yet, you know, as we know, that Scorpio tail, whoop! It that's where it can sting. So I am really looking at my roots as to who I am and the way distant past and interest. Oh, there's some interesting things, and I'm all okay. And I understand what you're saying about redeveloping i'm writing a book in the process of about my early childhood there was an abandonment for a year in our family my mother leaving and then she returned and what kind of factors did that unconsciously develop that are shadows because it's pluto and you want to get through it to open and shift there there's a lot of, and it's also squaring my nodes it's it's powerful and my moon so all of this has been very strong. And in fact, Robin Alexis, who has her mystic show on, radio show, has lost her voice. And I didn't know any of this, but both my sisters listened to her. And she is, re and I called in in 2019, and she has run for a month one time that I called because I had this bump on my leg and it was bothering me and she says oh you have an earth entity in there and call me and we'll get it out so i'm thinking to have both sisters call me and just have this i mean talk about outside the box from astrology you know all of this and over this weekend with the square it's like so yes i'm not sure how i'd wrap this up but life is more than just the simple uh, yeah. approval of everything it can be who knows yeah but so yeah for folks listening up you know, where is that for yourself where is that falling 
Yes, it could be impactful. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week and next month. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 